0: Welcome to the Audit 15 Fun Podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we're going to be talking about the how, the who, and the where of the future of internal audit. And to talk, talk about that topic, I have Tom McLeod as my guest. Tom has 30 years of experience in internal audit, risk management, and compliance. And a couple of years ago, he was named as one of the global thought leaders by Richard Chambers. Welcome Tom to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you, John. I appreciate the time. I'm really looking forward to the chat. Yes, absolutely. A lot of thought-provoking and deep thinking conversations we're going to have here. So talking about the how, let's start with, with how will internal audit be done in the future? And I think you have some, some really thought-provoking ideas in this, in this area.
1: Yeah, John, can I go back? One step and ask the question, yeah, so today we're going to go through the how, the who, the where. Let's start with the should. Should internal audit be done in the future? And if we've learned anything over the last couple of years is the absolute paramount importance of assurance and in both independent and self-assurance. So I'm very much in the camp that internal audit has a huge future. Um, whether it's called internal audit is a different thing, and perhaps a topic for another uh, podcast and another time, because I think that that is laced with um, some deception and bias issues that unfairly are attached to it, but there should definitely exist. Um, there, and if you accept that, then you can go into the how, where, where, and who off the back end of things. It's really interesting. We're um, having this conversation at the time above the, uh, uh Institute of Internal Audiences at the International Conference in Chicago at the moment and on LinkedIn in the last couple of days has rightly been a celebration that everyone's been able to get back together after a number of years of great challenges. And those international conferences are always great. What really caught my eye was someone put up a photo of the challenges of the next uh, decade. Unfortunately, that photo could have been taken 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and it still would have had the same relevance. And so, I think that we as a profession owe it to ourselves to really challenge the who, the how, and the where. So how will internal law be done in the, in, in the future? Well, in many respects, um, and this will probably show my age a little bit, but I, so When Sarbanes-Oxley was, was released, but the ones with the description, the description, the months before the Tom Cruise movie, Minority Report was released in cinema and cinema into the United States and, and worldwide. And anyone watching this podcast or listening to this podcast will remember that there's a scene where Tom Cruise sits in front of a computer and essentially avoids future crime by moving around future scenario. scenarios. He literally, with his hand, goes up and moves it all, all around. It's a, at the time, very impressive and somewhat futuristic, but as is the way with those films, we're getting bloody well close to, to that now. Um and I think that in many respects that is the future. The minority report interpretation of internal audit is the future of internal audit. It is the mapping of the key controls, hence why my my reference to subways Oxlet. It's a mapping of the key controls and then d- the predependencies and post dependencies. And being able to sit down and you as my client John saying to me, um, I need to make this process more efficient. Okay, well, we can get rid of the sprinklers in the, in the roof of the building. And this is the consequential impact of getting rid of the sprinklers in the, in the building pre, um, you're probably not going to get insurance post in the event of a fire, the building's going to burn down Oh, I didn't realize that as a consequence, we probably shouldn't get rid of the sprinklers as a key control risk mitigation measure in our system. And it's obviously an extreme example, but it's an example that I often use to really drive home to people, that this is what you need to be um, thinking about. And this is what you need to be able to map. And the mapping is the key part of the future of eternal order. How is the mapping? And, and it, 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 there, is no, there is some software out there that is starting to do it, but there's nothing universal that you or I can pick up and, and use and use intuitively. Nor is it one that you, you as my client, me, as, that you as my auditee, me as the auditor can sit down and really work through collaboratively. And this is the, the how is the second part of it. It's not just the technology, it's the collaboration. If we've learned anything through COVID, it is the importance of collaboration, the, the beauty and the majesty of collaboration. Now we used to think that we used to have to sit around a boardroom, sit around a, a workshop to collaborate. Yet you and I are sitting on other sides of the world and collaborating now. And so finding that way to collaborate with your auditee is absolutely critical in the how part of it, absolutely central and absolutely profound. So it's not only uh, someone be Tom Cruise, hopefully looking like Tom Cruise, getting up there and moving things around. It's also a case of uh, actually taking the time to work out how Excuse me, nice. um, how does that actually benefit for the whole organisation? And the third thing with regards to the how is timeliness. So an um, old boss of mine, well, a boss for a former time, not an old boss. He'd kill me if I said that. Um, <laughs> the, a, a former boss of mine used to say to me, would you enter the intersection if you only knew what the traffic lights looked like three months ago? i said, of course not, I'll never walk into an intersection. If that only uh, what the Trump blights in the truck fishers were three months ago. He said, so why are you releasing an audit report three months after the event of what you actually review? So that how, so we've talked about collaboration and technology, but the how also has to be about timeliness. There has to be a timeliness element. Um, so that uh, whether it's your organization, my organization or anyone's organization, uh, right at that moment, right at that moment, that you can be able to identify the control deficiencies and they can be corrected by tomorrow. We should not be, just as a slight divergence, we should not be in the business of producing door-stopping order reports, door-stop-up audit reports. We have a in the business of improving the control environment. Um, and sometimes I think we urge the former, the audit reports, rather than the latter, which is improving the control environment. And so if you keep that in mind, that there is technology that can, should be able to enable it. That there is collaboration that should be able to sit us next to each other. No, not uh, metaphorically against each other. And that we should be able to do it in a timely manner. That really, really drives that. Now, your listeners will be able to pick up many other things that they throw into that mix, but my challenge to them is it isn't how we have done it in the past. It is something different because internal order adds that a profession is, and should be evolving. And if we keep doing the how, as we did it back in the time that for argument's sake, the Institute of Eternal waters founded in New York in a Brownstone you know, just out, down from, um, at Broadway, then we're going to ask ourselves, why are we doing it that way? And I know the why isn't part of that now, Where the why is something that we should be considering, which then obviously leads on to the prevailing question that you touched on before which is the boom,
0: who should be doing it. Right. Yes. And I think that's, we. I mean, b- before we go there, I just want to, that's a great comparison on what your former uh, boss told you about. Would you cross the road if, you know, if you're looking at the light from like three months ago, that's a, I think that's good takeaway for auditors, uh, for people to remember the timeliness rem- One thing that it makes me think about, especially like a minority report type of, you know, monitoring kind of makes me think about continuous monitoring and exception-based type of, uh, internal audit. So, which, you know, it's a segue for the next question. You know, do we need someone internal to be doing that? Like who will actually be doing that? Who will be monitoring? Um, who will be the internal auditor of the future? Yeah, it's a really
1: (laughs) profound question. Really profound question, because in the past, we've really only had two models, haven't we, you have the resources in house or that you have the resources contracted in, and I suspect it's a model that um, evolves off the back end of that. In my take, and it's only my take, I'd always like to have someone internally that is a direct report to the Oracle Committee Chair. So bear with me on this in the sense that its I'd always like to have that uh, special or senior counsellor to the board and the audit committee that they can ring up and say, I'm a bit concerned that something's happening here. Um, or alternatively, can you explain this a bit better? Or alternatively, you haven't done your job or alternatively, uh, can you do this in a different area? So I'd always like that one person, but I suspect in some respects that person's increasingly going to become like project manager, um, skill set. Uh, and we have the tools we have, whether it's Monday.com through to everything in between, we have. The tools to be able to do that on our phone, on our computers and, and the like, so that we can at, at any point in time, be able to bring to the audit uh, committee, what is one of my favorite tools, which is a really decent assurance map, you know, the three lines of defense against key risks and, and the like, but then I wonder whether we've fallen into the trap that we need massive internal teams, that we need teams that are uh, uh, One day they're doing payroll and the next day they're doing fixed absence, which is relatively easy transition to do. And then the third day they're doing treasury. And then the third day they're actually doing treasury in Northern Africa. And then the third, fourth day, they're actually doing treasury in Northern Africa, in a specific country in Northern Africa that has a specific legislative or regulatory environment that has to be taken into account. So all all of a sudden I've gone from doing payroll relatively easy, relatively benign and vanilla through to something very specific. So my challenge for that route is, does it, do we need to be tied to one particular organization or is there going to be this advent of what I'll call freelancers? I don't like the the phrase freelancers. It sounds like you come in, take care and move by, but I might be the subject matter expert on treasury in a specific North African country um, that you require. Um, and, uh, I built my brand around that and it, through the wonderful medium of, uh, of, of, uh, of the computer and zoom and, and whatnot, I had start then that uh, auditing and be really high, high value. And as you rightly say, especially if it's attached to a continuous monitoring, continuous control assessment um, type environment, like we talked about in the first instance, then we have this opportunity, this profound opportunity to be able to, um, uh, uh, to collaborate, Um, there will be always times you need to visit site, but there's a lot of times now what we've realized over the last two years, you don't need to. uh, And as a consequence, who will be doing it could be anyone in the world at any time in the world, uh, using collaborative tools uh, and working in a collaborative way uh, to interrogate the underlying data. Now let's take my North African example again. In the event that we did identify that something was, was wrong, um something needed to be in person, that we that we were missing something or we felt that we were missing something. Well that's okay. Um firstly if I'm a North African treasury expert in ordered, I've already based in North Africa, or at least have travelled there pretty extensively. Um so I know my way around that part of the well. Might be an Australian, it might be an Asian area or what, where it doesn't really matter where the actual thing is. So you still have that ability to move. But then this, who actually leads to why don't we have a, quite literally, a Craigslist marketplace for audit skills. Now we don't have that ability for someone to go online and continue on with my North Africa, example, Uh, and then literally I see it as a drop-down menu I see it as a, I'm doing an audit in Morocco doing, I need someone that can speak the local language, drop down, who has experience in treasury audits, drop down, and who's available in the next week, drop down, yeah, up comes, not that I can, uh, that person, but up comes Tom McLeod and John. And then it, it, if we look at, and then if I look for um, uh, the uh, quality, it might the equivalent of a GOOBA rating on that Thomas McLeod is the most gifted auditor in the history of the world, or Thomas McLeod is bald, short-sighted, and is incredibly disappointing. In some respects, um, we've always talked about getting client feedback. Well, why can't we use that? If I'm the most gifted auditor in the world and I'm at the right price, why wouldn't you use me? What, like my, my question is, you're actually not delivering to your mandate, to your organisation, if you're not using me. So we haven't yet as an organizer as an as a profession, but I wonder whether we need to develop this marketplace reward skills. Now because but what the other thing I think that a lot of us are suffering from is we suffer from the best talent within the dread to commute zone, rather than the talent in the world. Right. Really. Um, and, and that's what we need to get to. Now what it ends up, it, it may end up being that that specialization, high specialization, But also we are now getting that era, And I say this with great uh, respect for my older um, colleagues and uh, they'll know who they are, they're watching this and I'm going to get pinged later on, (laughs) Um, but there's a huge body of people that never previously existed, which is the former chief warden executive, the former chief risk officer who still intellectually won the challenge but they don't necessarily want the responsibility. And that is completely fine. They don't want to go down the board path, but they're here to do a week, a month, a month, a a quarter, six months a year would work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just awesome. Absolutely awesome thing to be able to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, you're spot on on, you know, and we were talking about this before the episode about the, about COVID it opened. Opportunities not only for employees who want to work remote, but also for companies that want to get the best talent that's out there. That does not need to be someone who is local.
1: Look, it doesn't at all. It does not at all. It it can be absolutely anywhere. Just think for one moment um, how much talent we've left, how much value we've left on the table. Right by not getting the right talent. And because we haven't got the right talent, because we haven't got the right who doing the audits, and instead we're getting Tom McMahon as a payroll specialist out of Melbourne, Australia, doing an audit in Northern Africa on Treasury, um, I'm missing things. I'm not seeing things. And so it's that absence of talent uh, or The number of times that I have uh, seen talent in pockets, and LinkedIn is wonderful for this. Um, that just, I just want to share it with the world. I just want the whole world to be able to see. There's a great example. And when they, they use like, just I saw in the last couple of days, there's a group of Malaysian internet watchers that decided they were going to set up a WhatsApp group, um, or add an informal discussion. It got so big and so quick, so quickly that they had to set apparently there's a limit on what you can have on WhatsApp of 500 people. They had to set up the second group of WhatsApp that group and they just sh- share discussions. And then now, all of a sudden, they will find in that group, the best person to do a Malaysian treasury order. Yeah, hi, anyone know the good person? There, yeah, Tom McLeod is. Okay, thanks. Now, we need to uh, put that on steroids and put it into a real, uh, it's the word, marketplace. An overrated marketplace. I'm using that, yeah, you know, just so we can all understand. Right. You just, yeah, you know, and that obviously leads into, yeah, you know, the the where, which is which is probably the most profound question of the all. We've talked about the should, the how, the who, but the where is the really interesting one.
0: Yeah, and we'll we'll get right into it. So, in your opinion, and we talked about this even, you know, before the episode as as well. Where will it be? Based on the population and and just increase in the population in the world per country and density and skill set, where do you think it would be?
1: So I, I saw a couple of days ago the United Nations population it was World Population Day, and every year the United Nations release their their population as it stands at the moment and what they predict in the future. And apparently, um, that we're going to peak as a world um, at 10 billion people. Um, then by about 2050 and due to low fertility and uh, birth rates, there will be um, less uh, people replacing those who, you know, gone on to the great uh, uh, audit committee in the sky. And so, um, in that context, uh, they obviously kind of on two of the two biggest countries, which is the population wise China and India. And interestingly, just as a quick aside, um, for any demographer out there that already know this next year. India takes over China as a bigger country. Yep. So, uh, really interesting. One is a democracy, one is not. Now, the reason why I called upon this is just internal order only were, well, in environments that are comfortable with checks and balances, um, in what we would consider democratic checks and balances. Now, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the case, but the study of internal order. In India, the study of internal audit in China over the next ten years is probably the most important study that we can actually do. Are we going to govern? So let's let's start with just in terms of resources. In both environments, highly talented, highly skilled, highly engaged people. So the the, the quantum is not an issue of being able to access that talent. we talked about the how. That shouldn't be an issue anymore. Again, if you want the expert in Chinese um, engineering in Western China is an elder in Western China, um, even if you have to if you do it remotely. But then it evolves into, with that quantum, is it going to be a transactional type of ability? You know, are we able to throw 100 people at, at the task? know, if I can use it an example for you, if I may. I was training um, in a, you know, both places Malaysia. I was teaching, doing a teaching course, doing, leading a course a couple of years ago in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. And we we're talking about uh, one particular area, which we won't go into today, but we we're in course analysis and mm-hmm. the particular team, the, the, the person who was leading the team had a, had a team of a thousand as an in Indian gentleman. And I just stopped him and said to him, there's finance functions in the biggest core organizations in Australia that are smaller than a thousand people. And I said, how many audits do you do? He said, we do about 10,000 audits a year. And, and I said, do you do root cause analysis? No, we don't do root cause analysis. Um, what is it explained it? And then he went on to say, I could give you 50 people to be able to, um, to set that up. It's a great missed opportunity of my career because i never pursued it. But what I'm talking about is that Quantum allows us to do things that in the past, we may not necessarily have been thought possible, and especially if we could hire that 50 people for three days, If we wind up 50 people for a week, um, through my move up, type for the marketplace. Now, if I then moved to, to China, in the sense that, you know, one of the great revolutions of our lifetime, surely, the, you know, the former Australian Prime Minister said that the greatest peacetime decision, uh, the former Prime Minister, Bob Hawke in Australia, said the greatest you know, peacetime decision of our lifetime is China moving to, uh, towards a more uh, market economy. Now think about that as it relates to, to order. How do we surf off the back end of that How, And I don't mean take advantage actually contributing to that. How do we um, look at China and look at what they've done and let's take manufacturing as an example. So 50 years ago, I think it's fair to say that um, the brand of Chinese manufacturing wasn't as good as it is today. So there. Chinese ability to take something that was poor and turn it into something that is brilliant, take something that was inefficient and turn it into something that's efficient, take something that needed um, massive investment and turn it into something powerful is just breathtaking. So the where is absolutely um, critical to our discussion about the future of eternal order, I've often advocated that every other year, um, uh, the, the Institute of Internal Auditors conference, as we are talking about, poor should actually be based in Shanghai, Beijing, New Delhi, Mumbai, um, Jakarta, uh, Bangladesh. You're not going to get the numbers, but you're going to get the debate. Um, so you know, why the where is so important is that there is two different mindsets at play in terms of societal mindsets. And we've always said, everyone needs internal auditors. What happens? Yeah, you know, I said at the start that you should add the should to this conversation. What happens if a society decides that they don't need independent checking? Now, that for you and I is like arguing against motherhood. Oh, no, you can't do that, surely. Oh, no, no, boy, got you? You've got to have third line But who wrote that? Who said that? Who, who actually said that we need third line checking? And that is the future of internal order, that discussion right now. We need to be having that discussion right now. We need to be having the contrary views. We need the people that are in the room that not yelling at each other, but respectfully disagree with each other. We need the people that rather than us all sitting around and you know, singing songs around the proverbial fine. and I'm not suggesting that's necessarily badly, but we need people that um, will, uh, we need... The- there's a guy out of Canada and you've spoken to him, Tim Leach. Now we need the Tim Leach's of the world. and um, we need the Todd oh, Davies, a guy here in Australia, um, mm-hmm. who's wonderful at what he does. We need him, and um, not, we need those people, not necessarily in organisational, um, senior roles in, in the shoots or, or other mm-hmm. ones. Um, mm-hmm. it, although they both do wonderful jobs, but we need those people. We need the Norman Marks of the world. We need the Richard Chambers of the world. Um. We need to sell our pits here in Australia. We need, um, there's a guy in London that I really rate, Mike Barber. We need all these people. There's a guy who's just come back to Australia, Darryl Butler. We need all these guys, these people, you know, guys, I mean, in a collo- colloquial sex, not just men. We need men and women, um, across the board, challenges. We need new people and old people. Uh, every co- every time we meet together, I would be having a future of internal water discussion. And if someone put up that we've got to be aware about technology impact on internal audit, which grew up happened at the Institute of Internal Audit at the International Conference a couple of days ago, I'd be saying, I have the veto right to go and stand up and call call this out. So you know, the future of internal audit, you know, to borrow the, the, the most used phrase from, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, you now the longest serving, if I'm correct, First Lady of the United States, which is the least of her achievements, if I can say so. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Um, and I'm not yet sure that we as a profession are pushing ourselves hard enough to re. I'm not sure that we as a profession are asking ourselves these awkward, challenging, um, destabilizing, disruptive questions over and over again. Instead, I think that we are comfortable too often doing what we've always done, doing what the founding fathers and Institute of Internal Waters did, back when they uh, decided to set up the, 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 the professional body, not the profession, the profession, it, of course it does. And I think that it sums up best one phrase. And I may, if I leave you with this John, one phrase, um, which comes from, uh, there's a wonderful article, um, and I'll send it across to you. So you guys can put it up as attached to, to, to it. It's from the, it, I think it's called the Counting Historians Journal. So it's probably not the most read document, uh, read journal in the history of, of the world. It's not up there with the New York Times, but it was about the history of modern internal order. And the, uh, hopefully I'm going to get the name of the organization, right? It's the Northwest Railways in London. And the Northwest Railways in London were expanding. The steam Train all of a sudden allowed them to have things outside London. They had things, wow, up in Manchester up even further into Scotland and the like. And at the time they were the largest company in the world. That They were the biggest company in the world. And I realized that they had to understand how they were going to operate or what was actually happening. And in, in this journal article, they talk about this particular desire to understand better and they use this phrase, which sums up both the past, the present, and the future of internal order, they said they needed a function to honestly, honestly lay bare to the proprietors the true condition of the undertaking. To honestly lay bare to the proprietors the true condition of the undertaking. That is both the distant past, the present, and the future of order. And if you push yourself to honestly lay bare to the proprietors, whether that is the state, you know, government-owned or organization, or whether that is a, the, uh, a, a shareholder organisation, agent, to the true condition. So truly tell me what's happening with, uh, treasury in Morocco, not an Australian <laughs> who's skilled in payroll doing treasury in Morocco, the true condition <laughs> of the undertaking. Is it now or is it, remember, to continue there, you've got both the parts and the future of internal audit, but gee, what an exciting client job to be involved in internal audit. Now, um, uh, you and I will still be having these conversations in 20 years time. I hope we'll even be on. And, and I hope those who are listening tonight have the opportunity to really, really, and I mean really push themselves to the boundaries of uncomfortability. That is indeed a word. So it's the only way we, we will grow.
0: Yeah, very inspiring. Thank you so much, Tom, for your time. And it's time for auditors to level up every day. It is indeed. Well, you're
1: going to enjoy, uh, we're taping this in, in late July. You're going, you're going to enjoy the um, a, 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 a North American summer. By Australian standards, we're going through a very cold winter, but by your standards, it's, it's right i It's on a short on by the end of the day. So go and enjoy it. And we'll chat soon. Have a
0: good night. Oh, yeah, you too. Thank you so much, Tom. So much.